The following message was given at Emanuel Baptist Church, Coconut Creek, Florida. I want to read the passage that's very familiar to us in Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where we have the record concerning the order of the Lord's Supper service to the church at Corinth. There was great misdeeds in the reference to the ordering of the Lord's Supper. It was a serious matter. And the Lord, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, takes this time to instruct them and us as Emmanuel Baptist Church. So I want to read that passage to us in just a moment. Let's see if this helps. It does. Thank you. Isn't that in the right spot? Thank you. Mistakes are made. Hebrews, I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start reading verse 17 where we have some instruction that the Apostle Paul has given, given to the church. He says in verse 17, Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received to the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats and eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If one is hungry, let him eat at home, and let and you lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. I want to focus upon the statement that that's very familiar to us. Often it's written on the table in front of us. Do this in remembrance of me. And I'm going to focus upon the attention of the word remembrance. Remembering events 
and people is a very effective principle in our life. There's a phrase that perhaps all of us have used, such as, I will never forget, and we go on, or I remember when. Well, let me illustrate some of this remembrance. And let me, by way of introduction, introduce my introduction to this message. When I was a young man trying to learn to preach, we were told as young men we should not talk much about ourselves and use personal stories. Well, I'm still trying to learn to preach, but I'm older now, so here goes. I remember when I was a very young boy, during a week at a cottage one summer, I was determined to walk into the lake and walk as far as I could and then return back. As I was walking, getting deeper and deeper, and was beginning to walk and to call what we call tippy-toes, and holding my head high in order to breathe, I found myself in a place that I could not reach the ground in order to turn around. I was, what we would term back then, a scared, which isn't a word, but I was greatly afraid. And then all of a sudden, one of my relatives who followed me, which I didn't know, grabbed me, took me, turned me around so I could walk back. I'll never forget that. It's still in my mind. It's many years ago. I needed to learn to swim. There's lessons we can learn. I remember the day when, on August 22nd, 1964, how beautiful Sarah looked in the wedding dress she had just made. And she was one of those women talked about this morning. She had more than just the beauty. She had a character. And relating that to my daughters recently, I didn't have to speak too much about their dress because she knew what they could wear and couldn't do. She was a principled woman. That's a great memory for me today. I remember the days in which my three daughters were born, the days. Of course, I only had three and not six. I remember I had 11 added to the family and three more this, this year, God willing. I can remember, when we talk about historical events, I can remember where I was when I was told that President JFK was shot in 1962. I was on the second floor in the alumni building walking out of my Greek class and somebody said the president had been shot. Still in my mind, historical events. Now the times among us vary and there are different experiences that remain, that remain in our memories, but they're often so, so, so used for such benefit. I can remember when I first understood the fact that the Lord Jesus on the cross endured God's eternal wrath for my sins. It wasn't just a memory of knowledge that was given to me. It was the application for my own soul's sake. I can remember that. I can remember the fact that my justification became real to me when I understood the perfect life of our Savior was imputed to my account. And therefore, I am looked at by our Heavenly Father as complete and perfect in Him. Great, valuable memories. In the scriptures, we have accounts where there are memorials set up for the sake of reminding God's people of God's work on special occasions of deliverances of God that he had given to this people. They are set up for memorials as reminders to them. Let me mention a couple. The memorial stone set up in Genesis chapter 28 concerning the city of Bethel, the place of Bethel, where Jacob set a pillar for Bethel to commemorate the powerful vision of God that he experienced while sleeping there. Memory. The experience in Gilgal, 
Joshua chapter, chapter 4. God commands the Israelites to cross over the Jordan River to go into the promised land. He stopped the river miraculously. It stopped. And he, Joshua was told, was told by the Lord to take those 12 tribes across. Each tribe was to take a stone from the, uh, from the riverbed itself, placed on the opposite side of the promised land. And these 12 stones as Jordan were memorials for God's people to remember his miraculous deeds and his love for them. God set these memorials to remember them. And who can forget that perhaps the most important memorial in the life of Israel's Passover, when God brought his judgment upon the, on the Egyptians in that last plague, every, the death angel went to every home in that country and was to kill the firstborn of every home, except those who had the blood of the lamb on the lintel and the doorpost. That was, their, that was the memorial. Every year they were to remember that. God set that up for us, for them. Well, Jesus is telling us in the context of our verses, this do in remembrance of me. It is proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. And that event is the most eminent event in the history of the world. It is a work of stupendous magnitude the mighty sacrifice, the perfected redemption for the souls of sinners, such as we are. Remember me. Well, what do we have for our remembrance? Well, here in our text, we have the apex, the height, the summit of our redemption, the new covenant in his blood. Verse 25. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. In the scriptures, we are taught much about the qualifications that he met in order to be that faithful and only redeemer. In chapter 1 of John, verses 14 and 16, we have these words. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, this is the scriptures, and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And the next verse says this. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. The 16th verse says it again. Of his fullness we have all received. What are we to remember? We are to remember the fullness of his essential deity. The Bible says, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells. He had to be the God-man. He was the God-man. Now remember, of his fullness we have all received. And then there is the fullness of his perfect manhood because in him bodily that Godhead was revealed. He was the only mediator between God and man. Of his fullness we have all received. And then there's the fullness of his atoning efficacy in his blood because the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. Now remember, again, it's of his fullness that we have all received. And then there's the fullness of his justifying righteousness in his life because there is there now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. Now remember, it's of his fullness that we have received. 
Then there's the fullness of his divine prevailing grace when he appeals to us, when he says he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Of his fullness we have all received. Then there's the fullness of his victory in his death. Through death he destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Hebrews 2.14. Remember, of his fullness we have all received. And then there is the fullness of his efficacy of his resurrection. Because the word of God says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. That's his ascension. Hebrews, or, uh, Ephesians 4.8. Remember, of his fullness we have all received. And then secondly, of his fullness of every sort and shape, the blessings of the grace that is given to us, the grace of pardon, the grace of regeneration, the grace of sanctification, the grace of perseverance, the grace of perfection. Of his fullness we have all received. And thirdly, there are times when we have the fullness of comfort in times of affliction, fullness of guidance into our living. From his fullness we have all received. And then fourthly, the fullness of every communicable divine attribute. This is his for us that we can receive from him, in him, and that is to be holy, to be loving, to be just, to be good, to be merciful, to be gracious, to be faithful, to be truthful, to be patient, to be wise. Of him, of his fullness, we have all received. It's impossible for us to survey the fullness that we have in him. Because in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And by him, to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Colossians 1, 19 and 20. And we are, as believers, in him. We are to come now in remembrance of him and get all that we need supplied. Our need is great, but his greatness, of his greatness, we will receive. We live this by faith. As we've been taught, as understanding from the word of God, the promises of the word of God, we are now to remember. And the fullness that we receive from him is inexhaustible. And it is to be in our memories, to be treasured up, to meet each need that we have because it is from him who said this do in remembrance of me. He is our Lord Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let us now then, in this ordinance, in the remembrance of our Savior, where we have been taught in our text from this time until he comes to remember him. And that's exactly what we have been doing since the constituting of EBC for the last 38 years ago, March 9, this coming Saturday. We are continuing to be faithful in remembering him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are the God of love. How strong and true as the poet has written. Your love is eternal and yet ever new, uncomprehended and unbought, beyond all knowledge and all thought. Our Father, we pray that you would help us to do as Mary did when it was said of her, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
It is for our memory, for our affections, for our understanding, for our proclaiming his death till he comes. Help us as we remember our Savior now. And our Lord Jesus, you have said, remember me. And our Lord, we respond by saying, we will remember you and your love. Help us, we pray. Your love is matchless in history. We remember the glory that you had with the Father before the world was. We remember you have become our surety. And remember that you have chosen us to be your bride. Remember your love brought the sacrifice of yourself. We remember your love, our Lord Jesus, as it was revealed to us in your holy life from the manger to the Garden of Gethsemane. We rejoice in your love, which death did not exhaust. We now come in obedience to your command when you have said this do in remembrance of me. We do this now because of what we have in you and what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were edified by this message. For additional sermons, as well as information on giving to the ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church and on our current building project, you can visit us online at ebcfl.org. That's ebcfl.org. Dot O-R-G.